0: Hello and welcome to the Field Talk podcast from the Linder Farm Network. I'm your host, Dan Lemke. Minnesota Soil and Water Conservation Districts and the Minnesota Board of Water and Soil Resources have received $25 million through a Regional Conservation Partnership Program grant through USDA's Natural Resources Conservation Service. The funds are part of a nearly $2 billion investment in climate-smart agriculture. Board of Water and Soil Resources Executive Director John Jaschke explains...
1: The grant that is uh, being awarded for an amount of $25 million is coming from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, Natural Resources Conservation Service. It'll be coming to Minnesota, and, and of course Minnesota is in a good position to use those funds because we also, as per the grant, you know, have to put up some of our own funding in the state to get these federal dollars. And so this is money that will be used to work with farmers on voluntary conservation practices, primarily you know, focused on soil health and, you know, the benefits of that, of course, are that we get, you know, water quality improvements and, and uh, hopefully some organic soil improvements, uh, you know, for both environmental and conservation benefits, but certainly if done well enough and done long enough, you know, we see productivity benefits too.
0: So what are some of the uh, practices that would be eligible or that farmers might consider as a result?
1: Yeah, the, you know, that details are still being worked out, but, you know, some of the things that farmers are already doing, and there many of them are, are Giving these things that go as is, you know, with cover crops certainly is one of the key things that we're looking to focus on. Uh, and tillage practices probably being the other one, you know, the, the less tillage, of course, the the greater we can retain some of that uh, soil organic matter and, and put more in, you know, with cover crops and other things. And so that's the, probably the two primary ones, but there'll be some other ones as well. I know field borders, uh, you know, maybe some, you know, some alternative cropping systems, things like that, that are also being considered. But that's the probably the big two will be cover crops and, uh, and tillage practices or reduced tillage.
0: Bowser and, and other groups have been uh, you know pounding the drum for increased conservation practices. Uh, are are you finding receptive audiences with that message or, or how would you view the lay of the land, so to speak, at this point?
1: Well, yeah, I think we've seen, you know, I think farmers, uh, of course, they're all making their own decisions for themselves, you know. But uh, yes, we, we and we think that you know, many of the agricultural organizations in Minnesota have been also important in promoting these these types of things. You know, and you know everybody gets to decide for themselves. You know, a very local undertaking, right? Because the soils and even our cropping systems can vary from place to place quite a bit. So uh, we're, you know, expecting that you know, like we've done before, but this is just really scaling things up uh, in a bigger way than we've ever seen before, which is, you know, helping producers get some technical assistance either through their local soil and water conservation district or through their, their crop advisor and then potentially some financial assistance too for the materials and, and potentially for some running of equipment, things like that. So that's the way this is being structured.
0: How do farmers best go about, uh, farmers and landowners best go about uh, accessing or learning more about uh, what this program will, will be about?
1: Yeah, I think to talk to your soil and water conservation district, they're, you know, in every county, they're, you know, available to both, you know, maybe help directly or maybe provide references to others that can provide some assistance, you know, via the USDA or via, you know, some of the uh, private sector firms that are also important in making this go well. And, you know, if they have... Um, money in hand, they'll get going on. And if there are some that might be coming, they can put them on a waiting list for future consideration when it's available.
0: From your perspective, how, how exciting is it to have additional resources to support some of the things that uh, obviously you are busy promoting in, on the landscape?
1: Well, it is important, you know, to have the, because the main thing is we need to give people a chance to try these things for themselves. You know, these, these practices, you know, if they're demonstrable as being viable in that particular piece of land or that cropping system, you know, we expect that people will pick them up and, you know, do them for themselves for the long haul, and that's the idea here. So we're looking to provide that initial uh, opportunity for people to get some help and advice, you know, if they want it, or find a place where they can find someone who's trustworthy in that regard, whether it's a soil and water conservation district, or a crop advisor, or a neighboring farmer maybe even that might have some ideas about how they've done it before. And then, you know, usually we also include a uh, you know, opportunity for some financial assistance, like I said, for the materials and potentially for some rental uh, type of equipment to get the job done. It's not something that is, you know, never been done before. We know what to do right now. It's just a matter of scaling it up over larger uh, parts of our landscape in Minnesota. I think we've got you know twenty to twenty-five million acres of cropland, and you know we the latest data isn't really that current but you know it's, at this point we've only seen a small fraction you know doing this on a regular basis and so we think there's an opportunity to scale it up and we think there's you know interest by many producers to give it a try with some assistance coming in potentially this this pathway that you know, is brand new
0: Meanwhile, NRCS State Conservationist Troy Daniels says the funding provided to the Regional Conservation Partnership Program is intended to help support farmers in their efforts to adopt conservation practices.
2: For our agency, and I think USDA as a whole, uh, and kind of speaking on behalf of, of Secretary Bill Sack is we want to help farmers be more resilient uh, with regard to whether it's climate adaptation or uh, literally mitigation of climate impacts. And this soil health effort through the regional conservation partnership program, I think is going to assist Minnesota farmers in making changes necessary to become more resilient on their operation. Uh, and, And I think economics is a big piece of that. And so when people start trying to adopt and adapt and make change, as you know, for farmers, it's always gonna be an economic impact. And we think these funds uh, going out through our conservation partners with Board of Soul Water and uh, local conservation districts are gonna help people transition their operation into a systems approach. There's no one size fits all when it comes to soil health, but we know soil health is is absolutely necessary. Uh, when it comes to climate adaptation, mitigating the impacts on farm, both economically and environmentally. So I think it really fits well to USDA goals, and in particular, Natural Resources Conservation Service.
0: So what kind of practices might fall under this, and and what types of things uh, would be encouraged?
2: Uh, You know, the big sales pitch these days is, of course, cover crop. Cover crop is Nothing new. Uh, I dug out something from my grandfather's uh, (laughs) dresser a couple years ago from the 60s that uh, were extension and RCS and districts were pushing for cover crop, but it's more than just a single practice. I think uh, a practice like cover crop is important, but there's also reduced tillage operations, uh, nutrient management. Uh, Nitrogen has a huge impact on, on atmosphere and And water quality is where air quality. So I think it's a systems approach. I would hate to say that any single practice is going to be a a silver bullet. But uh, I think if a person, a farmer, wants to make changes in tillage, make changes, maybe pull in cover crop into their portfolio or rotation, pest management, things of that nature. So for the most part, it's management change.
0: You mentioned the the economic portion of it. Is that sometimes what it takes to get farmers willing to take that first step to uh, to try some of those changes?
2: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Just speaking as a producer myself, you know, most of us are generational, and, and we know what works. Uh, most of our farmers know what works to make the production goals they need every year and their economic goals. So making these changes costs money. and And hedging and maybe – Buffering some of that economic impact is what this cost share effort is all about Uh, the technical assistance of course is in absolutely important to it, but that cost share assistance May help them with equipment changes they need to make or just hedge that risk that they may feel like they're taking when they adopt certain systems
0: if folks are interested in learning more or possibly accessing some of these resources, what's their next step? There, what's their best approach?
2: I think the best approach is contact that local uh, natural resources conservation USDA service center and our local soil and water conservation districts. Those uh, we're here at MASWCD this week to celebrate the efforts that soil and water districts make each and every year to support our farmers and their best point of contact is local and just contact that local office to get started buzzwords for a few years now in sustainability, regenerative and things of that nature. And in reality, you know, it has to work for the farmer. So no matter what change a farmer is adopting, they need to make sure it fits their portfolio, their economic goals. What, what are they going to do for the next generation? And, and that's really what it's all about. I mean, it, any change we're trying to help make on the landscape today is about keeping farmers on the land, you know, for future generations 100 years down the road. So I think that's a key point in all these efforts.
0: Thanks for joining us. Find other podcasts at LinderFarmNetwork.com and on Apple and Spotify. And be sure to tune into your local LFN affiliate for the latest in farm news, market analysis, and weather information.